Hi, everybody. I'm Gus Johnson along with the governor. He says he got all his genes from his mom. From his mom. A lot of nylon. A lot of excitement in the air. Yes. And we're ready for college basketball. College basketball. Oh, oh. All right, what's up, everyone? We are lucky enough today, and I am willing to go out on a limb and say this, to be joined by the best point guard in the Big East, Mr. Tyler Kolick of Marquette. Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, we are so grateful that you're here today with us, Tyler. How are you doing out there in this Wisconsin winter? It's cold today. It hasn't been that cold, but uh, today was it was really windy and cold, so it wasn't, it wasn't that good. Yeah, you're missing out on some snow back in the Northeast. <laughs> Where are you guys at? Connecticut. Connecticut. Oh, yeah. So not too far from uh, – you You were from Rhode Island, right? That's what we yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. About, uh, what part of Connecticut are you, you guys in? Like 20 minutes north of New Haven, 20 minutes south of Hartford. So, I mean, I know you've played at stores in Gamble. So, oh, you're from Rhode Island. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, probably like probably like an hour and a half from from where I live. Okay. Well, then let's jump right into it. So we were wondering, you know, growing up in Rhode Island, did you follow follow college hoops as a kid? Was the dream to go to Providence? Kind of tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, growing up as a kid, I would I actually had season tickets to Providence. Um, but, you know, I never thought that I'd be any good enough to play there. So, I mean, everybody always asked me, oh, what was your dream school? Was, your, was Providence your dream school? I mean, I never had any dream school just because, you know, I'd obviously go to the games. I was obviously a fan of them. Uh, me and my dad would always go, but, uh, you know, I never thought that I would be able to reach that level. And, and you know, so I kind of never really had a dream school and but I've always rooted for Providence for sure. Um, is it weird when you play, when you go play Providence now, you must have a heck of a cheering section when you go there. Is it, do you kind of want to stick it to them when you play them and like, you should have got me or like, is it, or is it like, I'm happy to be home. Like, what's the feelings when you walk into the dunk or the amp or whatever it is called now? Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely happy to be home, happy to be, you know, in front of all my family, uh, all my friends and stuff like that. I mean, I think I had put in maybe 50 tickets for this past game uh, at Providence. Um, So it was a lot of people just there to support me. And a lot of people also just bought tickets. I mean, I think the crowd was probably half hating me, half loving me when I was there, <laughs> which I, I mean, I felt it. I mean, I followed out and everybody was waving me off, like waving goodbye. But, you know, I think half those people were kind of, kind of cheering for me. So. Yeah. But you put on a hell of a show before you fell out. That 7-0 run by yourself to bring it to double overtime. I mean, that's one of the, if I could go on a little clip of best biggie single season yeah. performances, I thought that game was over. And then you went on a run by yourself. Yeah. I mean, we had we had that game in hand, too. I mean, we we're up, I think, nine in regulation. and We kind of gave the game away. But, uh, you know, credit to them. They fought hard and, and they got that one. Let's talk a little bit more about Rhode Island hoops. So d- doing a little background, um, you know, looking into you before we did this interview, we saw that you were Rhode Island player of the year um, at a prep school there for your senior year. What was that like? Uh, you know, any good stories from those days? Yeah, that was fun. So my first three years of high school, I went to uh, a public school uh, from where I'm from, Cumberland High School. Um, you know, we I played with my brother. We actually won a D2 state championship there my, my sophomore year. Um, 
and then you know I moved on to to St. George's School, which is a prep school in in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, it's kind of up and coming. I mean, the basketball program wasn't wasn't really much, and and these past few years they kind of gotten it rolling over there. Um, if you're familiar with like the the uh, the NEPSAC, they're double A now. We were class B when I was there, and then now they moved up to to double A. Um, so it was actually my so I did two years there, so five years of high school, um, and. We the Gatorade Player of the Year is what what I had gotten, and that was uh that was in my second junior year I had gotten that, but because my the senior year uh, fifth year guys aren't eligible for that award, so. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so when you listen, this is might be for you. It might be like obvious because you got recruited, but for the rest of us who have never been recruited for college basketball, how does that work when you go to George Washington? Are you sending out your tapes? Are they calling you? Like how you mentioned that you didn't think you could play at Providence. How do you go come across playing at George Washington? Like, are they recruiting you? Or are you recruiting them? Like, how's that working in that process? Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, you know, I didn't think that I could. I was even. I mean, my freshman and sophomore year, I didn't think I could play Division One basketball. Um, and then it kind of just, you know, it's a slow process. Uh, coaches can actually start to talk to you when uh, I think it's sophomore year. At a, after a certain date, they can start calling you. Um, and then just from there, you know, it's AU tournaments, it's uh, it's you know showcases, and actually my my last year it changed. So before it was it was all AU tournaments, um, and then my last year of AU it was a few tournaments, and then they had the, it was actually at UConn. It was uh the NCAA Academy. Uh, I think they still do that now. So it was like you go there. It was kind of, I mean, it, it definitely didn't benefit a lot of guys because you go to this random camp. You're playing all day. The coaches can come to that. So it replaces like a live period, which they can come to uh, when you're on your own team and, you know, your own system and stuff like that. So it's, you know, you kind of know how to play with the guys that you play with, but you get thrown on a random team. You're staying there overnight. Um, and it was kind of just, it was tough. Um, but, you know, fortunately I still had the chance to, to have some offers and, you know, like to your point, so how it works, coaches kind of, they get these pamphlets or whatever with your names or, you know, your coaches are reaching out to them to come see you. And, uh, and then they just come to the games and if they like you, then they'll reach out to you and stuff like that. Very cool. Um, now you mentioned, you know, playing in your own system. Now you're obviously one of the best point guards in the big East. You're leading the conference in assists. Did you always play point guard growing up or was that something you kind of grew into later? Yeah. I mean, I kind of played all over. I mean, when I was in when I was in high school, you know, I would handle the ball. Somebody else would handle the ball. I mean, it was kind of kind of really positionless. Um, but you know, coming out of high school, I was kind of known as 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 a shooter. It was just funny to to think now. Um, but you know, I was like they were coming in just like a you know even my freshman year at uh, George Mason, it was I was just kind of I played point guard for probably about maybe half the games over there. Um, but I was, but during those games, I'd be on or off the ball. So it wouldn't be, you know, you know, now I kind of, kind of have the ball in my hands a lot of the time. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just comfortable playing basketball. I mean, it, it's fun to me. I just, you know. No, that's I, a great point. Let, let me ask you, do you consider yourself a true point guard or do you consider yourself a combo guard? I mean, I've always said it like during the recruiting process, like you guys talking about, they would ask my coach, oh, is he a point guard? Is he a two guard? And, you know, he would just say, you know, I'm a basketball player. And I mean, I mean, now everybody would call me a point guard. Um, I mean, like you said, I'm le leading the league in assists. Um, but you know, I just like to I just like to consider myself a basketball player.
player because you know basketball is trending in the in the direction of, of positionless basketball so i mean is there a center is there i mean we have Oso on our team he he we call him a point guard i mean he handles the ball just as much as any other guy in the league so i mean yeah i mean that year at george washington if uh, it, that's remember. I remember that when you were coming into the Big East, that's what people said about you. You were kind of a shooter and stuff like that. And it seems like not that you're a pass first guy now, but it, you know, just looking at your assist numbers every year, it seems like you've. I don't want to put more say more more of an emphasis because I know you probably always emphasize passing the ball, but it seems like would you consider yourself pass first? You know, at that combo guard, or would you just say I play basketball for forty minutes and I'm good at it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, last year I would definitely say I was more pass first um, just because I was trying to get comfortable um, and you know I was kind of mentally just trying to make the adjustments and everything like that and and you know last year I had a solid year but I just felt like you know I struggled in a lot of areas that I'd never struggled before uh, playing the game um, so this year you know just from my coaches empowering me and and you know all credit to all the work that I put in I just feel like you know, I can do both. I can I can pass to, you know, if that's just taking what the defense gives me. I mean, if they're leaving my guys open. I got faith in them to knock down the shots. And, you know, if they're leaving me open, they got faith in me to go score the ball. So, you know, it's really just kind of whatever the defense is giving me at this point. And let's go back to that year at George Washington. Um, you won 8-10 rookie of the year that year. You ended up starting, you know, like 20 games as a freshman. You had an incredible year. Obviously, that leads you to the Big East. Well, can you talk a little bit about what the transition was like from high school to D1 basketball? Yeah, so that was the COVID year when everything had started. So normally freshmen will come, you know, end of May, uh, early June just to, you know, get acclimated, take some summer classes and stuff like that. So I actually didn't get there until probably the very end of August. Um, so you got a little bit of a late start. Um, but, you know, it was good. Like I said, I did five years of high school, so. You know, I was a little older than the other freshmen, uh, a little more mature just because, you know, I've been living away from home for two years, uh, been kind of living that college lifestyle, you know, just training like that every day. Um, but I mean, it was good. I actually wasn't starting. So what happened? Uh, our first it's all it's funny how it works. I mean, everything in life is all about, you know, right place, right time, luck, everything like that. I mean, I wasn't starting. And then for the first three games, but I, you know, I was finishing the game. Uh, I probably would have started eventually through like throughout the year, maybe later on, maybe 15 games in or so you never know. But so something that happened with our team, we went into COVID lockdown um, and, you know, some, some things happened and some guys ended up getting suspended. Um, and so I, I, the next, the fourth game in, I started and, you know, from there, I kind of just, just, kept going with it um and so you know I was I got I had gotten lucky so it's awesome so you win uh not freshman year newcomer of the year um and the A-10 yep. and are you looking to transfer is that something you're thinking about or does Shaka Smart come in and blow you away like how does that process work because again no one 99.9% .9 of people never get that experience and you went from D1 basketball to like somehow a higher D1 basketball? Like, how did that process go? Yeah, so other coaches can't talk to you unless you enter the transfer portal because um, it's illegal for them, I guess, through the NCAA rules. Uh, so I actually was not planning on transferring until, you know, probably two weeks after the season, my coach got fired at George Mason, um, 
which is you guys, George Washington, George Mason, same thing. Yeah. Oh, excuse us. I apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I wrote down the wrong thing. Everybody said, like, I, I actually had gotten, when they first offered me, I had sent the same thing. Oh, George Washington. I, I, it was, everybody says it because they're right there. It's, it's in the same league. But, That's uh, my bad, man. I apologize. No, you're good. Um, and so my coach actually got fired. Um, and then, you know, the new coach came in, uh, a guy by the name of Kim English. Um, he came from Tennessee under Rick Barnes. Uh, you know, he was a great guy, but, you know, I felt like I would have had, you know, I, I owed it to myself to kind of enter the transfer portal and, and see what was out there. I mean, I still kind of – so I actually had went back to George Mason after entering the portal for some spring workouts um, just to, you know, see what, see what the new coaching staff was about, see what the program was going to be like. Um, and decided, you know, I'd stay in the transfer portal and kind of, kind of see where it took me. So I got two questions. One, did at the time when you entered the transfer portal, did you think you'd end up in a Power Six conference? And two, do you guys even view a difference between the Power Six and kind of mid majors? Or for you, is it all basketball? I mean, it's definitely all basketball, but it's definitely, you know, there, there's a difference. I mean, you know, the size, the athleticism, everything like that. Um, I mean, I think in the A10 right now, nobody's higher than 80 in the net um, or in the Ken Palm. Uh, I think Dayton's the highest team in that league. And they were ranked preseason, but, you know, they, they've kind of fallen a little bit. Um, but, you know, Big East is a, is a what, five, six bid league. You know, all the all the power leagues are a five, six, seven, eight bid leagues. Um, and the A10 and, you know, those mid-major leagues are, you know, one, maybe two, maybe three. Um, on a good year so there's definitely a difference um, so I mean and and going into the portal I mean I knew I would have some opportunities uh, I mean some A-10 schools were also reaching out to me you know some other mid-major schools I mean I wasn't saying you know I wasn't set out oh I'm not I have to go high major or you know I was just trying to find you know the right fit for me and and, and that was Marquette. Does that I, I know that um, most of these most of you guys have like a assistant coaches recruited you does that happen in the transfer portal too does Shaka Smart have connections still in the A-10 and that's why he you know from his VCU days and thinks so highly of you coming from George Mason like did do you have an assistant coach that recruited you specifically in the transfer portal I guess is what I'm asking yeah so to go back to uh to George Mason um from there so I always like to say during the recruiting process process I wanted the head coach to recruit me because you know, then you have a little bit more, you know, if you're the head coach's guy coming in rather than, you know, one of the assistants guys, then you'll have a little more leash than, than, you know, if you make another mistake, the head coach wants to be right. He doesn't want to be wrong. So he, he, if he brings in a guy and, you know, it was, he was the one that, that saw him, he was the one that offered him, you know, he wants to be right. Um, rather than, you know, maybe an assistant brought a guy in, the head coach was, wasn't sure about him. So, you know, that was a big part of my my first first time committing going to George Mason. The, you know, the head coach was really believed in me. He was actually he actually coached uh my AU coach at Williams College Division Three um in the NESCAC. Um they actually had won a national championship at Williams and then he had went to went on to Bucknell and then Bucknell to George Mason. Um but in the in the transfer portal, um the actually the first call that I'd gotten from Marquette was uh was shaka it was actually on my birthday uh so I, there's actually it's, it's funny there's Good a timing. picture of me and my whole family uh in my backyard and we're doing like a family photo and i'm on the phone with with coach smart in the picture 
Um, so, so it was, it was funny how that happened, but you know, coach smart recruited me and, uh, one of the assistants, uh, Cody hat recruited me as well. Um, but it was the same thought process going through the transfer portal as it was, you know, the first time around coming out of high school is I wanted the head coach to really believe in me. And I wanted him kind of steering that, steering that recruitment just because, you know, then I'd be one of his guys and he would really accept me into his program. So we're about the biggest, um, coach smart fans you're going to find. Like, <laughs> love what he's brought to the Big East in these last couple of years. And so we're, I'm dying to hear what was the sales pitch? Like, what did he tell you to get you to commit? Yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody has their own little, uh, little way they go about it. Um, you know, he was just selling kind of, you know, I'm big on, you know, path to playing and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I've never really sat uh, any games in my life. Um, I've always played. I've always wanted to play. Um, so, you know, I was going to go somewhere that was, that was the best fit for me. That was, you know, basketball wise and, you know, playing wise. I mean, I wanted to I wanted to play X amount of minutes a game and stuff like that. And, you know, if if a if a team is crowded and you can't really see that path to playing, then it's kind of difficult to to want to go there and, and feel wanted. Um, but, you know, from from his point of view, he kind of just preached culture and preached, you know, being the right guy for him. Uh, and being the right guy for his program and you know ever since I've gotten here um, he's definitely lived up to everything that he's he told me about during the process and and even more I mean our culture has been been through the roof yeah that's awesome um, what defensively for Shaka Smart that clipboard with the deflections and stuff like that how yeah. hyped does that guy get you guys when you get another deflection on there is the bench going crazy every time I know that's one of the things that the culture he brought into you know he brings that from his in the floor slap Texas day and floor. You and also floor slapping the other night. I, I love the floor slap. <laughs> you guys are uh, connected. It seems like on so many levels. I know. I mean, so a lot of people would say, you know, that stuff's corny. Uh, that stuff's whatever. I mean, a lot of college basketball players would say that themselves. Like, I'm not slapping <coughs> the floor. This isn't first grade. Um, but you know, for us, it's just you know, it's it's a it's a way of doing things. I mean, you know, we built something uh, with our guys and. and it's really a, a buy into what what he wants us to be, and you know that's from that's from you know me and Oso up top as the leaders of, of the team, uh, all the way down to you know the walk-ons. Everybody's got to buy into that, or else you know you don't have a you know there, there can be splinters in the in the culture if you don't have that. Um, so you know, I mean, those floor slaps, and you know, every time we get a deflection, everybody has to yell deflection. Um, you know, we have this other thing called kills, which is three stops in a row. Everybody in the country does that. Um, and, you know, he gets so even we're on the bench, say, uh, you know, the game's already in hand. Um, and if the, the walk ons are in, he, he's still coaching them to get kills. And, you know, he's running down the sideline, pumping his fist. He's slapping the floor. So, you know, it starts with him. He he kind of sets the precedent and, and we, we build off his energy and, and his uh, enthusiasm. He just looks like fun to play for. I mean, am I am I reading too much into it? But we watch every team in the Big East, and yeah. you know, if I had to pick someone to play for, Shaka Smart looks like a ton of fun. Yeah, I mean, he he gives you so much freedom on offense, and you know, all he asks is you give effort on the defensive end, and and then you can go play free. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You don't want to be uptight when you're playing basketball. You know, it's a free flowing game, especially in our offense, because you know we don't really run many plays. It's kind of just read and react and and flow. Um, and so you, you don't want to play uptight. You want to be able to make decisions on the fly. And if you have a coach kind of breathing down your neck every every mistake you make, then it's not going to work. And, you know, he, he builds great relationships with his guys. Um, you know, he, he's one of the best in the business.
we touch on really quickly, you mentioned, um, you know, kind of the leadership that you came into. And if we speak about last year, you know, guys like Daryl Morsell was there, Kirk Weth, Justin Lewis, who's now playing in the NBA. I, I think Daryl Morsell's in the NBA too. Or yeah, at he's least in the, he plays for the Raptors G League team. He was okay. on the Jazz and then got traded. And Queth is uh, just got bought out by in Spain. He's going to go play in the the Spanish league. What was oh, it like really? coming in with those three guys um, who obviously had pro talent? Yeah, I mean those guys were Daryl and Kerr, and even Greg Elliott, who was here before. He's at Pitt now. Yeah. Uh, those guys, I mean, they were experienced guys. They've been in college maybe four or five years. Um, so it was great learning from them. Uh, just you know, learn the how to how to really navigate this lifestyle and navigate you know how to be one of the leaders on the team and kind of kind of bring the other guys along. You know, I was kind of last year. I was kind of in the middle. I mean, I was still one of the younger guys, but I was also playing a lot. Um, so I was kind of trying to trying to play both sides of the field. Just you know, be learning as much as I can as a younger guy, but also helping those even younger guys than me um, and less experienced guys kind of bring them along and help them get up to speed. But yeah, they, they, they taught me a lot. I have to ask for myself because we love Daryl Morsell. Is what is a practice like with Daryl Morsell? Is he just like, it looks like I would hate practicing with him because that man is all intensity, all business, all basketball, all defense. Like, was that, was he fun? Was it, did you want to punch him in the face sometimes? <laughs> like I just, that's just what I, you can imagine from him or. Yeah. I mean, he, he brings that, that energy and intensity and in, in, in whatever he's doing. Um, I mean, practices are a battle. Every day is a battle with us. I mean, no matter who, I mean, this year, you know, that guy, Stevie Mitchell in practice, wow. I mean, he might win every day in practice just because, you know, Maybe he's not scoring the ball, but he's he's just a winning guy with all the all the things that he does. Um, but you know, I I credit that to Daryl because he kind of you know showed him the way and showed him you know how to really act like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a great point. Um, let's see. So so where does this go from here for you? Are you looking? Well, do you want to speak on the NBA? Um, are you looking to finish out your college career and then kind of look at where you're going? Yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying college. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay in college as long as I can. Um, just you know, cause, cause coach believed in me, so I want to believe in him and and give back as much as I have to him and, and to this program. You hear that, Big East fans? That's bad news for the rest of you, because Tyler Kolick just says he wants to stay in college for a few more years. It's good news for the good viewers. news for Marquette, though. <laughs> Man, it's so great to have you here, and you guys had a hell of a week this week. I mean, you've had a lot of hell of weeks this year, um, but another great week this week. You got two wins. Uh, you defended home court against Providence, and then you went over to New Jersey and, and got a roadkill also. So let's start with that Providence game, um, kind of a revenge game for you guys after you had lost the double OT one in Providence. Um, you want to speak on that a little bit? What, you know, you went for 19 points, eight rebounds, six assists. You were all over the court. Uh, kind of what was the strategy and what were what were you guys looking to do different compared to your first matchup with Providence? Yeah, I mean, the mindset, like you said, our, our theme of the game, we, we got one of those for every game. Our theme of the game was payback because, you know, they were the first team that we played again that had beaten us. Um, but, you know, the mindset going into the game, we really they really scored on us last time. You know, Bryce Hopkins, I think, had 29 the first game uh, and however many rebounds, he might have had 20 rebounds in that game. Uh, but it was really, really focusing on on him trying to trying to take away their A option. Um, and then really just trying to rebound the ball. I mean, Providence is, is a physical team. Uh, we know that Croswell is a, a physical guy. Um, Hopkins, physical guy. 
Carter gets on the glass, you know, you know, coach Cooley really, really does a great job instilling toughness in those guys. Um, so, you know, we were trying, but we were trying to be the tougher team and, and really try and lock down on those guys. And I love what you guys did uh, against Hopkins this week, doubling him so often. Am, am I right in saying that you didn't do that as much in the first game? Yeah. I mean, we kind of, we kind of left him not so much on an Island, but you know, you know, I mean, he did, he did great things against us in the first game. Uh, so we kind of, you know, had to, we had to do something different. He kind of forced our hand. So, yeah, it was great stuff. Um, let's see. Cam Jones goes for twenty-one points in that game, four of eight uh, from three. Does Cam Jones ever hit the ceiling in practice with his three pointers? That's the, what the people are asking. Because man, that ball comes out of the frame for a little bit and then falls right in. Yeah, I mean, we call it the moon ball. I mean, so he he never really used to shoot like that. And then you know, one day earlier in the season, uh, he started doing it in practice and. You know, coaches yelling at like shoot your normal shot, like and stuff like that. So, but you know, I mean, he's a hell of a shooter. I, you know, if he can shoot like that, coach always says, you can shoot better than me. So I can't tell you how to shoot, but you know, and yeah, I, that's something he can really make shots. I'm really impressed with the way he's attacking the rim this year. Last year it seemed like he was more of a spot up guy, um, corner threes and stuff like that. But this year he's shooting a really high percentage around the rim. Is that just practice? Is that him just getting a little bit older? Like, what do you attribute that to? Is he just – has he always had that And last year he had to play a role? Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of everything. Like you said, it's it's credit to him really working his ass off in the offseason um, and also him just, you know, coming into this new role that, that we needed him in. And, you know, he he goes out every night for us and, and does exactly what we ask him to do. Um, you know, he's kind of like our, our microwave guy. I mean, he, he, can, he can go out there and give you – 20 in five minutes which is which is pretty incredible but like you said him finishing around the rim I mean he's just super crafty I mean he's not he's not elevating above the rim he's not even elevating above the backboard really he's kind of <laughs> just you know getting in the lane getting to his spots I mean he he can finish with the best of them for sure and you go for eight rebounds in that game I know you mentioned um that that was something that was important due to the rebounding problems that had in your first matchup what did you kind of do differently to make sure that you weren't going to let that happen this time yeah, I mean, it's just just gang rebounding. I mean, everybody coming down, even, you know, a lot of the times the guards aren't the ones that are crashing. Um, so, you know, if if the bigs are boxing out and I'm, I'm guarding a guard, I can come down and, you know, clean up those rebounds. Because a lot of the rebounds, kind they hit the floor. I mean, a lot of them aren't really up at, you know, 10, 11 feet in the air. Um, you know, but if so if you get everybody boxed out, the people that are crashing, which, you know, in that case was, you know, Carter, Croswell, Hopkins, um, maybe one or two of the guards, um, but, you know, then you can get those longer rebounds. Absolutely. So then you go and you play on the road against Seton Hall, and Seton Hall's kind of tre was trending in the right direction um, going into that game. Physical team, and you guys kind of made it not a contest early. What's the mindset going into a team that's kind of streaking like that? Do you even pay attention to that? Or are you just like, this is Seton Hall, this is our game plan, we're going to go against them? Yeah, I mean, we we knew we knew what they had done uh, the previous couple games, uh, but you know, we wanted to come in and just be us. I mean, uh, we had a game plan. Just kind of, we kind of had to stand up to them because, like you said, they they kind of kind of perceive as this this tough team um, that really wants to grind it out on the defensive end. And you know, we kind of had to we had to do that to them. We had to impose our will on defense on them uh, to really to really get it down the road. And I'm glad you said that because um, I've been so impressed with you guys' defense as of late. Obviously, the metrics, they're not as kind to your defense as your offense. But your defense this week was really stellar. I mean, you forced how many turnovers against Seton Hall? Uh, they turned the 26 ball. 26 turnovers? 
Um, getting your hands into every passing lane. I know that has to be a point of emphasis, but would you speak on that? Yeah. So, I mean, deflections goes hand in hand with, with turning people over. Um, you know, that's a, that's a thing that we preach, you know, just being really active on defense in the, in the passing lanes and stuff like that. But, you know, like you were talking to, you know, metrics and stuff like that, but, you know, I think, I think we jumped a little bit after that Seton Hall game, but, you know, the, we play so fast is it's not an excuse, but, you know, a lot of teams, get we get up and down on them. So we get the pace of the game going, which is kind of tricky with those metrics. That's a great point. Tyler, I was, I, I know you don't probably see Twitter, but I was, I had a fan fiction the other day that you and Oso have to be best friends off the court because the chemistry you have between each other, it's, you don't, it doesn't look like you see him half the time. And then all of a sudden he's under the basket and he's the best passing big I've seen in the big East this year. How does you get that chemistry with a player like that? Is it just years of experience or do you and Oso like have something like a, you know, a special friendship where it's, you know, off the court, you guys are hanging out every day. So it's easy on the court. I mean, it's a little bit of everything, uh, you know, off the court, on the court, but, you know, last year we weren't really playing together as much in practice uh, just cause, you know, we kind of went first five, second five, he was with that second group. So I kind of played more with Kerr, um, but, you know, this year, this this spring, this summer, um, this fall, we really worked hard, you know, as, as you know, the two guys that, that would be handling the ball primarily um, and, and trying to create stuff on offense for the, for the team. Uh, you know, we really put pride in, in building our relationship and, and building it on and off the floor. Um, and it definitely shows in the games. I mean, you know, we're, we're pretty connected out there. He's the most skilled big in the Big East. You'd say that right. <laughs> yeah, I mean – if he can shoot, if, if this summer, I, I'm going to tell you, he's going to be able to shoot threes. He's going to come back and you guys aren't going to. So you're telling me he and you will be in college for a while and be tormenting the rest of the Big East. I mean, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. I mean, we, uh, you don't want to look too far forward. You know, you just want to focus on on what's going on now and kind of enjoy the ride because, you know, college goes fast, man. I'm, it's my third year in college and it's feels like I just went to George Mason last week. So absolutely. Um, that's also the game of Chase Ross's dunk. Is he, is he doing that in practice? What was that like? Oh yeah, he's he's one of the most athletic guys on the team. He's you know he doesn't look that big. He's probably about six four. Uh, you know, but when he drives, he, he's violent down the lane. I mean, I wouldn't want to jump with him. <laughs> that, that was a hell of a dunk. Yeah, the beating of Providence. I was going to ask you about if you guys see it as a revenge game, and it seems like you guys kind of that's some bulletin board material that we don't just hype up and. Uh, you know, off the court. It seems like that's some stuff that you're actually conscious of um, when you go into a game like this. Like yeah, I mean, the Big East, it's different than a lot of the other conferences because you get to play people home in a way. Um, right. So you kind of get get two cracks at them. Uh, so if, if they get you once, then it's, you know, extra motivation. You know, anybody who's beat us, it's kind of extra motivation the next time to kind of come out there and, and show them that, that you know, that we can win this time. Uh, where does Where do you go from here? I mean, obviously, you, you're looking at the NCAA tournament. You're looking at the Big East tournament. Any bold predictions you want to make? <laughs> I'm not one to make predictions. Uh, you know, they asked me about something before the year, and I gave a, a pretty blatant response on uh, what I thought about it's other T-shirts. People. Yeah, I mean, we could sell those. I mean, you know, a little promo if you guys want to buy those, uh, a little yeah. explicit word on it. Uh, but, you know, I – I gave my opinion on that then. And, you know, I, I think the same opinion goes for, for the rest of the year. I mean, we're still trying to, you know, people still don't believe in us and, 
you know, we're just every day trying to come out, make them believe in us and and show them that, that we're really here to, to stay. All right. And now last little part, we can, we're going to put this in. We don't need to do another introduction, but we just have some fun, quick questions, quick hitters. So um, who's the best dunker on the team? Is it Chase Ross? Best dunker on the team would be Key in the teaser. I mean, he's he he does he doesn't play much, but he's a freak athlete. He had one today. I mean, he catches some putbacks. He catches it down by by you know his waist and and kind of puts it back, which is crazy. Okay, that's a great answer. All right, I got one. You Cam Jones Omax three point shooting contest. Who's winning? <laughs> I mean, I'd like to say myself. I mean, <clears throat> you know, it'd be the uh, unpopular opinion, but you know. Always confident in myself. Hey, we'll add Cam Jones on this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he'll have to come back. Um, who's the biggest prankster on the team? Who's keeping it loose? Is it you? Is it Oso? Or is there someone, a freshman coming in and being little brother here? I'd probably say Cam's probably the the biggest, you know, goofball on the team, prankster. I mean, you know, he likes to have fun like we all do, <laughs> you know. In, in time, he like coach was saying it the other day after the Seton Hall game, you know, everybody has their different ways of approaching the games. Uh, you know, his is, coach is serious, other people are serious. He's kind of loose and, and having fun with it. And, you know, that, that's just how he is through and through. So. so you're playing twos at the park. You have to pick somebody from your team to be your partner. Who, who you got? I mean, it definitely has to be also. I mean, you know, we actually played a lot of three on three today. Uh, it was, it was me also and, and Omax and, uh, it went bad for everybody else. I was gonna, I was gonna say, who beat you? <laughs> did anyone yeah, beat you? Was, we went, we went, we did. We we're doing like different segments, and then you know, we we had to get every one of those. Tyler, what's the place that you like the most to go to the Big East and play at? Like, if you're going, I know Providence is probably up there for you because you know, home. Um, maybe you could go Providence or somewhere else, or like where. Yeah, yeah I mean, definitely Providence, like you said, because uh, you know, all my family uh, can be there. But, you know, definitely another spot would have to be Villanova, just the uh, just kind of the crowd there and the energy. I mean, it's not not we haven't played in their uh, the big arena. We played in the Finn both both years. Um, but, you know, just the atmosphere and the, the you know, just just or of, of being there. For sure. For sure. Um, here's one for an opposing player. Uh, who's been the toughest guy for you to guard so far this year? Toughest guy for me to as guard a, as a compliment to them, not as an insult to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, out of sure. conference too. If uh, if uh, you you know you guys face Wisconsin, yeah, you have Baylor, Martin, Baylor. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Zach Eady was was it was a great cover for us. I mean, you know, I think we did a pretty good job on him, and he still ended up with maybe twenty and ten. So that was probably our toughest guy. Yeah, a lot of people are hoping they can hold him to that. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, and so we just got one last question for you. We're going to give you the floor. Um, for all the Marquette fans listening, so give us one thing you want to say to them. Yeah, we appreciate you guys showing support from the beginning. You know, even when there wasn't as much hype as there is around the team, uh, you know, uh, we just we just want you guys to continue to support us and, and continue along this journey with us. All right, Tyler, we can't thank you enough for doing this. You took a lot of time out of your day, first day of classes and that all, and uh, – we appreciate you, and um, we're looking forward to, you know, we're hoping to get to the UConn game um, and see you in person play, you know, at, in Connecticut. But um, yeah, this is this is absolutely great. Can't yeah. thank you enough, man, really. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right, Tyler, you have a great night. Yeah, you too. See you guys.